0: MP, it's here, this weekend. That's right, Bretto, The Wellness Base Camp lands two hours south of Sydney in Kayama this Saturday, June the 2nd. Our naturopath, gut health and female health extraordinaire Helen Patterin will be joining us. Fuad Kassar from Quirky Cookings coming down. Fellow podcaster, Dr. Maria Zussman, will be talking all about stress. And you and I, Bredo, will be there talking about love and relationships, work-life balance, and how to truly master your wellness. Zazen Alkaline Water presents the Wellness Base Camp. One full day of inspiration and education on this Saturday, June 2, from 10 until 5. There's over 1,000 bucks in door prizes, a raft of world-class local exhibitors, and a room full of people just like you. So bring a buddy and get two tickets for the price of one. All details and tickets available at thewellnessbasecamp.com. That's thewellnessbasecamp.com. Thewellnesscoach.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women, with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Today's episode comes with a friendly warning. If you're listening to this in public or with the kids in the car, well, you've got a few seconds to switch off before we get stuck into some rather adult content. Three, two... One. Well, that's enough time. Welcome to the third episode in what has been jokingly labeled my three part VAG series. That's right, we will be discussing all things sexual health. You will find out what's normal, what's not normal, and how to improve the health of your lady parts. And in this episode, we're getting a little woo woo. So it's going to be so much fun. Now, I've got to preface this by saying that sometimes the universe lights the way and you just have to hitch up your skirts and follow when I put out a call onto a women's business website asking for people to interview for this badge series this woman's name was mentioned more than once she lives not very far from me but we'd never met I was trying to decide whether to approach her or not and then I shit you not out of the blue she books in for a consultation coincidence or not so let me tell you a little bit about her Our guest of honor today is a pelvic wellness specialist and sex educator. Oh, and she does yoni massage. Not sure what that is? Well, let's just say it's a special kind of vaginal massage designed to totally awaken your sexual energy with extraordinary results. So now that I've built the anticipation, let's chat to the woman who is the embodiment of all things feminine wisdom, the very lovely Bonnie Bliss.
1: Woo!
0: such a great intro oh thank you I do <laughs> definitely always put a little bit of work into them <laughs> <laughs> I love it Ah, oh, so tell me awesome lady what is yoni massage what is yoni mapping what are all these things that you do
1: So I guess yoni massage is basically just means that there'll be a massage of the vagina. So yoni is a word that's probably going to come up quite a bit during this interview. So I should probably say what it means for any of you who are like, what even is that? Uh, Yoni is a Sanskrit word and it, it refers to the entire female genitalia and reproductive system. So I like using it instead of vagina personally, just because vagina is technically just the passage um, from the the vulva to the cervix, and yoni refers to everything, but it also has a kind of sacred meaning, so it also means um, origin of the universe or birthplace of creation, and you know, I really love that that sense of sacredness of the feminine. So in yoni massage, it's basically a a kind of healing modality where women receive a massage of their lady parts for all kinds of different reasons. So sometimes women come because they're disconnected from their sexuality, Um, they might have relationship challenges, maybe they feel numb or desensitised internally or they're interested to experience a different kind of pleasure to what they're experiencing. A lot of women would come because they've been through some kind of sexual trauma or, um, you know, had some kind of bad experiences that impacted how they relate to their sexuality. And in a session we're kind of working with being with all of those things, creating space to talk about them, um, giving any kind of education if that's necessary, playing with... um, you know, tools or um, I've got these amazing um, plush vagina um, toys that I use as a <laughs> teaching aid, <laughs> which are really fun. Um, a lot of it is just like learning about, you know, anatomy or um, learning about, you know, why we become desensitised or how we can restore sensitivity or, you know, what kind of pleasure we can experience. And and a lot of the time we just need that information. But also what we do in sessions is we work with a whole body massage and then a specific massage focusing on the pelvic space. So the from behind, so around the sacrum and the hips and then from the front, so the pubic bone, the top of the thighs and then slowly moving towards the the vulva, the vagina and internally as well, if the client is open for that. And we're kind of working with basically whatever she's interested in exploring, but Um, orienting her to her internal landscape and helping her to understand from a bodily perspective, like, where is the cervix and what does it feel like? And, oh, that's my G-spot. And that feels kind of interesting. And, you know, what feels numb, what feels kind of um, tingly and nice, what feels painful, where is the tension? And that gives her this understanding of this kind of World within her that she can then take home and use in her daily life in the way that she relates with her body and she relates with her partner. So it's a pretty crazy thing to do for work. (laughs) I've been doing it for about seven years, and um, the way that I work with it is a modality that's called yoni mapping therapy, which Over some years of doing yoni massage, I kind of put together this other modality that is quite specific and I've trained a whole bunch of amazing practitioners in that who are now all over Australia and other parts of the world offering those sessions, which is really exciting. And it's basically a pelvic wellness modality for women. So we're trying to move away from this idea of it being any kind of sex work because it's not at all. It's very much about um wellness of the pelvic region and discovering that area and it's only offered by women and that kind of thing. So we're trying to make it feel really, really safe and comfortable and very much based on consent and communication and education and all of that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, so many good things. I, I was just like taking so many notes and I don't know where to start. Um I, I love how you said that it's Sanskrit for like the entire female genitalia and reproductive system. And I just kinda of had that that thought of in the West here, we just love to pull everything apart and compartmentalize everything, don't we? Like here's your vulva, here's your vagina, here's your ovaries, here's, you know, here's your uterus, and like have everything as separate little moving parts. And, yeah. and I love that this, you know, this one simple name covers the entire area so it's kind of pulled it all back together again I think that's really meaningful
1: totally because it is all connected it's none of those parts operate independently of the other parts you know it's it's all part of it and this is something that's come up a lot just for me in conversations with friends recently this idea that anytime we talk about the vagina it's either we've got some problem, like we've got thrush or it's painful or there's like, you know, we've got abnormal cells on our cervix or there's some kind of health issue, like it's related to gynecology yeah. or it's, it's about sex. And that's the kind of two ways in which we mostly relate to our pelvic area. And what I've discovered through all of this work and diving into all of this stuff is that it's, there's so much more that has nothing to do with sexuality. Like it's just it's the pelvis is the organisational centre of, of all movement in the body. So there's a lot going on there. And when we're disconnected from that because we have, say, sexual shame or trauma or, um, you know, other kinds of sexual stuff going on or we've just kind of numbed out and avoided that part of us, then we also disconnect from all these beautiful sensations of, you know, just feeling our body and, and knowing this area and, and um kind of being able to relate to it outside of sex or masturbation
0: yeah you you keep saying that you know words like numb and desensitized like why do our lady parts go numb like how why when does it happen
1: well there's probably a lot of reasons why we can be numb in that area um i I guess a lot of them would relate to sexual trauma. So when we talk about sexual trauma, and, you know, it's so great that this is becoming a lot more common in the media these days, there's a lot more awareness around that, which is awesome, but there's still quite a focus on, I guess, rape or sexual abuse or a quite specific kind of trauma that is super intense and really full on, and a lot of women have been through that in some form whether that's throughout their childhood or or as adults. But uh, a type of sexual trauma that doesn't get spoken about enough, I feel, is the trauma that comes from growing up in our culture with a shame around our sexuality or the trauma that comes from, um, say for me, for example, right? I've never been raped, but I've had a lot of sex when I didn't feel like it just because I thought that was what I was supposed to do. I've had a lot of sex because my partner at the time wanted to and you know I thought I had to or or I've I've had sex when I was drunk quite a bit in the past and kind of overridden my own body's boundaries and I feel like that kind of thing over time any kind of trauma over time can create a disconnection and then numbness and desensitization internally because we kind of just switch off from that area yeah and another reason why that that can happen is, is like medical trauma. So sometimes pap smears or having different medical procedures in that area or just having an intense birth, that can all cause trauma related to the pelvis. So that's one reason why we become numb. But another one, I feel like the major one actually, is what's called chronic pelvic tension. And that's something that comes from... Our lifestyles so from sitting all the time, from not moving enough, from doing exercise that might be quite tension-based instead of relaxed and, and opening the pelvis, um, or not balancing our tension-based kind of intense exercise with something that's more relaxed and receptive, and generally just just building up tension from stress over time. And when we're tense. There's no blood flow, and when there's no blood flow we're obviously not going to feel much, and when we don't feel much, then we're not also not going to feel a lot of pleasure so that's kind of the equation that I keep coming back to with like blood flow sensitivity
0: yeah, I love what you said about um, you know the the pelvic tension and and from sitting still, etc because I know that I talk to you know my clients my patients a lot about different types of exercise when they're exhausted or when they have adrenal fatigue. And there's types of exercise that are kind of more yang, more male, and then there's types of exercise that are more feminine. So if someone's got, you know, this kind of numbness down there or they feel desensitised, would it help to lean more towards, you know, your yoga and Pilates and dance and those sorts of feminine types of movement?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, even just walking, you know, like just moving the body regularly. Like I think finding ways to not sit all day that might not be structured, but um, dance is amazing. Like just being able to to tune into your body and move in such a way that it feels opening or releasing or relaxing. That's something that I'll do. Like even now I'm sitting on a chair, but I'm I'm really gently kind of wiggling my pelvis and, you know, like I'm not just completely passive and still. I can I can do that anytime. time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really cool. nice. Yeah.
0: Wow. All right. So what are the first steps we need to take to um, wake up these parts of our body and stop them from being numb, make them alive again?
1: Mm, so... I think you know we touched on this with the exercise, like definitely finding ways to move and be with your body um, that aren't completely passive, that aren't completely tension based. Um, in terms of trauma, really looking at any patterns that might be there. Sometimes doing trauma therapy. So there's a great modality called somatic experiencing that works with trauma in the body. It's quite different to. Psychotherapy or psychology in that it, it's primarily body-based and um, that can kind of help to clear some of those trauma patterns. Um, something like Yoni Mapping Therapy, with, which my practitioners do, can also help with that. But generally just starting to make this part of your body um, part of your life, you know, to, to let it be... Um, part of your your daily experience so it's not like I only relate to my vagina when I have sex it's like the pelvis is part of my whole body and I can choose to be connected to that all the time and I can go about my life with the intention of um continuing that relationship with my pelvis and my whole body you know it's not like it's not like when i'm on the computer i'm just ahead it's like when i'm on the computer i can also be connected to my body so finding ways to do that i think is really important but also touching it that's my big thing obviously with the the yoni massage it's having a practitioner touch your body but there are ways that we can use like a wand internally to release those muscles and the ligaments and kind of bring back blood flow and sensitivity and all of that
0: yeah talk to me about the yoni eggs and the yoni ones because you know it's starting to get a little bit out there i want to know more sure so Eggs are
1: a whole world unto themselves. And for anyone recommended in um interested in eggs, I recommend um Dr. Saida Desale, who has a book out about the jade egg called Emergence of the Sensual Woman. And she's kind of the modern day guru about all things jade egg. So that's it's not really my zone, which is why I often kind of recommend her because there's a lot of what I would call kind of jade egg gurus kind of popping up all over the place people that might have done one or two workshops and suddenly they're teaching it and with this kind of thing it's it is quite delicate it's not um you know basically the jade egg is like a little egg about say four and a half centimeters long and three centimeters wide that you put in your vagina and do different kinds of exercises to sensitize and awaken and release and um kind of bring tone and dexterity to the vagina so
0: and they're made from different types of crystals aren't they
1: yeah I mean the original one is jade but now it's quite popular to have rose quartz or obsidian or whatever but the reason why jade is the kind of the original one is that it's one of the least porous stones Ah, and yeah so hygienically jade I feel is better but um yeah, there's a whole science to it. It's not just as simple as like you just put the egg in your vagina. And I feel like actually this is something that also came up recently for me talking to someone. I feel like the jade egg can be a bit of a bypass in terms of like, okay, I'm not going to touch my vagina. I've got this issue issue that I want to deal with, so I'll just put this egg in there and I'll do some squeezes and it'll be fine, you know.
0: Whereas, like a shortcut. That sounds like yeah. a cut it off for a headache kind of, you know. Exactly. I'll just whack this thing in and yeah, all right, now we're good.
1: Yeah, and of course that can be amazing, you know, if you really go deep into those practices. There's a whole realm that's a, it's incredible, but it's not, it's not like it's this magical quick fix, you know. So I, I think I prefer personally working with a wand because it's quite direct and... The wand that I recommend people to use it 's uh, it 's called the Pelvy wand V, and it 's actually designed by physiotherapists for internal pelvic massage and it 's like an s shape and it 's cool because one end is shaped like a thumb and the other end is shaped like a finger, so it 's on one level kind of like more of a natural type of shape for what you might experience receiving. Touch from a practitioner or from yourself if you can magically contort your body to reach <laughs> those areas. <laughs> but, but that's the whole thing with a wand. If I would try to, even lying down, if I would try to reach my G-spot, for example, which is obviously on the upper wall of the vagina, it's going to be really hard to do it with my fingers because there's quite a lot of tension in my upper body as I kind of bend down and try to reach up. Whereas if I use a wand which is curved, it kind of gives me that leverage to be able to really easily access a lot of different areas. And it's like that for the whole, these wands work for the whole pelvic bowl. You can touch the cervix with them. You can reach all of those areas where there might be tension and just really gently massage them and um, explore and get to know this area. You know, that's what's so exciting to me
0: so if people aren't keen on having a practitioner in the room with them if they're feeling a bit kind of self-conscious or or whatever about that is can you diy with one of these wands?
1: yep um definitely yeah so i recommend getting one and just exploring because you know that i mean technically on the wand they say or you know from the company they say something about you know only use with a licensed practitioner or, or like with from the advice of a licensed practitioner but that also doesn't make sense to me because you go to a sex shop and they've got all kinds of crazy shit that you're supposed to just stick in you without <laughs> any kind of recommendation or licensing or whatever, you know, like, and a lot of that is made of really dodgy, toxic chemical stuff, right? Like some of it's like really gross jelly plastic that's oh, like
0: my God. And really and smelly. Please, please, women who are listening to this, if you have a vibrator that's got that gold or that silver chrome finish, now yeah 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 that that, that comes off it comes yeah
1: yeah and that's the thing because that area is so porous that mucous membrane of the the walls of the vagina is so porous it absorbs everything so that's why we have to be really careful what we put in there so you know crystals technically are okay glass wands are okay some people are into glass um and also uh this wand that I recommend, is actually made of acrylic, so it's plastic, but it's very hygienic. Yeah. You know, it's not anything dodgy.
0: Yeah, so just just while we're on this topic, what are your thoughts on all those silicon-type uh, ones that are around at the moment?
1: Well, I mean, medical-grade silicon is supposed to be okay. I think it's, it's definitely better than a lot of the other stuff if it's medical-grade silicon but you know it's i mean it's none of it's really natural <laughs> you know it's it's yeah ideally we wouldn't need to use anything like that but yeah 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 it's a bit tricky i mean the main thing for me is i've been through a lot of vibrator addiction in my life and that is to the point where now i need to not keep vibrating devices in my house <laughs> <laughs> because it's been such a pattern over the years and And, you know, there's nothing wrong with vibrators and it's really important to me that I'm not kind of demonizing using them in any way. But for me, what happened is I was so addicted to it for so long that I created this kind of groove or this pattern in my system where I needed this vibrating thing on my clitoris in order to experience pleasure. And
0: I've heard about this, like I've, I've read about this where women get kind of desensitized, like they have to have the vibrator in order to have an orgasm, whereas before they didn't need it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I had that for years, you know, it was really a thing. So, and that was before I started having sex. So when I did eventually start having sex with partners, I didn't experience pleasure for about Five years I didn't have an orgasm with a partner or feel much during sex because I was so used to that vibrator that I had to really like re-pattern myself and I actually at one point had given up I was like oh it's just not going to happen for me you know like I can just sex is just it's okay I like the intimacy it's nice to feel the love and feel the connection but in terms of the actual pleasure I was experiencing in my vagina it was like meh
0: so, what was the tipping point because've i 've heard a lot of women talk about this particular issue, and a lot of them have been under the impression there 's no way back it 's kind of like you 've blown the circuits and and so you 're telling me there 's a way back like what was what was the tipping point for you
1: well, to be honest, it was one really patient lover who was just Aww. like that okay, you know like I, I just had this incredibly pleasurable experience with him, and then I was suddenly like. Holy shit! This is possible. And then, I guess, a few years later, I wound up moving to Denmark and getting involved with a tantric sexuality school. And this is where I learned a lot of the stuff that I work with now. So I did a whole bunch of other training, and you know, through that, kind of had this incredible journey with that part of my body. And and once I'd had a few experiences of, you know, all kinds of different um, pleasure and sensitivity and. Um, you know, just really epic experiences of bliss, I was like, okay, this is something that people need to know about and, you know, like there's a lot of power in that and I think it's like the wands help definitely but um, some other stuff you can do, like if you're in a relationship, don't have sex when you don't feel like it, (laughs) you know, like don't have sex before your body is ready, don't pressure yourself into like hard and fast penetration if that's not what you really want so a lot of the time in our culture we're affected by porn or we have partners who are affected by porn and we can kind of get into this like sense of I'm not feeling anything so I just need to go harder and faster and more 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 in order to feel something but my whole approach is a lot about doing less to feel more so really stripping it back and and going into really slow, really gentle, really soft exploration. And then you can go faster sometimes if you want to, but just kind of re-sensitizing. So you can do this with penetrative sex, you can do this with your fingers, you can do this with a wand, but it's all just, just exploring and letting go of the vibrator if you can, letting go of any kind of... Um, like for me, right, if I wanted to have a clitoral orgasm, And obviously I don't have vibrating devices in my house anymore. So I need to use my hand. If I wanted to do that, I would have to use my hand really um, quite aggressively on my clitoris. I would need to rub really hard and really fast in order to kind of make that orgasm happen. And I would need to tense my whole body in order to make that happen. And I've done that a million times and to be honest I'm not personally that interested in doing that so much anymore because it's not that interesting it's I've I've done it a lot it's not that exciting afterwards I end up feeling drained so what I'm interested in is how can I go slower and maybe breathe more or relax my body more when I notice I'm tensing or slow down when I notice I'm trying to speed up <laughs> you know like just kind of rewiring my vagina brain basically
0: <laughs> nice so ju- you know from judging from what you've just said uh there's orgasms and then there's orgasms so mm-hmm. if so I think a lot of people listening would only have had like the you know a clitoral orgasm so what else is out there for them oh this is my favorite topic <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: You know, I I once went to this lecture from a wonderful teacher of mine who had an incredible PowerPoint slideshow presentation of 76 different kinds of female orgasm. What? Yeah, and it blew my mind, like partly because she had 76 of them and she had one slide for every orgasm and she had personally experienced each one and they were so nuanced and specific and different. But it mostly just expanded my awareness to what was possible When I knew that was possible, I was more able to open up to those experiences. So, the thing that really shits me in our culture is that we tell. First of all, the sex education, right? So we we don't, what did you learn in sex ed at school? Do you remember?
0: Oh, my God. We were talking about this on the last episode. It it involved a bloke getting an erection on a diving board. There was that What's Happening to Me movie. Oh, Uh, yeah. And there's the, the Where Babies Come From movie about, you know, the sperm and the egg meeting up. And then they talk to you about how not to get pregnant. So Mm. then they tell you all about condoms and then you're done. Wow. Yeah, Uh, mine mine wasn't even that detailed. We just put
1: condoms on bananas. Oh, we um, didn't get
0: to do that. I am so disappointed.
1: (laughs) So it's like there's mostly – it's mostly focused on how not to get pregnant and how not to get diseases, right? And both of those things are super important for teenagers to understand. But basically nowhere do they say that – sex can be pleasurable. Relationships are cool. Here's how you can experience intimacy. Let's talk about consent. Let's talk about boundaries. Let's talk about pleasure and orgasm and all the nice things that sex can be about. And of course, those teenagers usually are kind of already starting to masturbate. And and it's not like if you don't talk about pleasure, then they don't ever get curious, right? It's like, there's just shame around it. And so they're kind of at home masturbating or looking at porn and talking to other people about it, but it's not really talked about with their parents or at school. And, excuse me, then we can really easily internalise this shame around that whole part of our body. And then we decide that, okay, well, this is the only type of orgasm I have, so therefore that nothing else is possible. Or, you know, we kind of get used to that. For men, it's like the quick um, jerk off to ejaculate. Or for women, it's like the really quick clitoral orgasm. And obviously, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's so much more that's possible when when we open up to it. So a lot of stuff you'll find on the internet will tell you that most women can't experience internal orgasm. Or my favorite, all orgasms are clitoral. And oh, what? both of those things were written by people who probably haven't had many orgasms and might be just kind of sitting in labs researching orgasm rather than experiencing it themselves because there is, there's a lot of, of orgasmic world out there. So I'm going to list some of them um, for you just to kind of give you a bit of a picture of, of this is kind of what I work with. So Awesome. There's there's clitoral orgasm where it's kind of explosive, right? We talked about that. There's like that build up and then a release afterwards. There's clitoral orgasm where you feel energy going up through your body, so it's a bit more relaxed. It's not – you don't feel drained afterwards. You feel energized. Yep. There's G-spot orgasm where you ejaculate. There's G-spot orgasm where you don't ejaculate, and neither of those is better than the other. They're just different. There's – um Orgasm from the stimulation of the area around the urethra. So like some people call that a U-spot orgasm. So that's external. Um, There's orgasm of the A-spot. So the A-spot, if you're actually probably anyone can do this, but especially women, if you reach down and you feel your pubic bone and you feel just slightly above your pubic bone to where it starts to get fleshy again, you might also feel your bladder there that area is called the A spot and that stands for anterior fornix erogenous zone, which basically just means a spot that feels good on the upper wall of the vagina. Yep. And that can be incredibly pleasurable. Uh, The cervix is my absolute favourite kind of orgasm. So that's, uh, the cervix is innervated by three pairs of nerves, so the pelvic nerve, the hypogastric nerve and the vagus nerve there's a lot of potential for pleasure in that area and when we relax it over time when we kind of stop having that aggressive poundy kind of sex where the cervix can become traumatized or when we only have that when we're kind of sufficiently warmed up and we start to really sensitize the cervix there's incredible immense pleasure that's available to us there so then uh, P spot which is a pleasure zone just below the cervix. Um, some people talk about the K spot which is actually the underside of the coccyx. Uh, vaginal canal orgasm. So these are all the vagina related peak orgasms but outside of that we can have like nipple orgasms or toe gasms if you have a foot fetish or you know like there's so many <laughs> different kinds of orgasmic states that we can experience like some people love anal pleasure or if you actually um in one training i did i did some osteo training in um, urogenital osteo and we did one technique where we reach really gently and slowly into the anus and um, release these ligaments from around the cervix through the anus what? Wow. yeah it's crazy and i didn't realize that that wall between the anus and the, but between the you know, the rectum and the vagina is so thin. You can exactly feel the whole cervix. So probably for some women who have orgasm from anal sex, it could even be a cervical orgasm. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's all, but these are all kind of peak orgasms. So I'm what I'm personally more interested in exploring, even though those peak orgasms are awesome, Um, is more of an orgasmic state, so more of like a sense of just everything feels awesome and sometimes things feel more awesome than other things, but it's not like I need to chase this goal, you know? That's something that frustrates me so much about when we talk about orgasm. It's always like, have you noticed we use words like have, get, reach, achieve? Like it's all this like goal-oriented, like focus must make it happen kind of language yeah. and obviously it's pleasurable and it's great but, you know, it's just another goal whereas and then when we kind of focus on the goal, we miss out on experiencing the whole journey and the whole journey might be a three-hour orgasmic state of just feeling waves of pleasure in our whole body for three hours, you yeah. know, and that's, that's not in any way worse than having like a peak orgasm of some kind that lasts for 30 seconds you know it's just different
0: yeah what do you say to a woman if she comes to you and says I've never had an orgasm mm,
1: yeah that's that's a big one that that that's has happened
0: because <laughs> I'm sure there's a few people listening going well I haven't had any of them
1: yeah and you know and that's not bad that's not wrong like you know what's I think actually in some ways it's when I've worked with people who haven't experienced orgasm or who just ha- aren't very connected to pleasure at all, um, in a way, I think that can be a bit a, sometimes better than someone who has a major addiction to um, the the hardest, most powerful um, fastest vibrator on the planet and has been using it every day for 10 years and only has orgasm in one particular way with a lot of aggression and tension. You know, I think it's, It can be great to come as a, like, to just be a blank slate in terms of pleasure and to be like, okay, cool, this is not something that I've experienced. Where do I start? You know, because you don't have all of those patterns that might be kind of harder to unlearn. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I would work with, first of all, sensitising. So getting to know the whole area, learning about pleasure. Like I think... There's certain books. There's one book that a friend of mine wrote called Orgasm Unleashed and his name is Ayal Matsliya and that kind of describes a whole bunch of amazing practices and approaches and techniques that you can use to explore orgasm. And I think a lot of the time we just need to know that it's possible and then we can experience it. So my friend who I have been teaching workshops with, she said she talks about this with... Um, think it was nipple orgasm someone told her that it was possible to have a nipple orgasm and then she went home and had one (laughs) (laughs) because she knew it was possible it was like oh okay cool let's explore this so it's not that if you don't experience orgasm there's nothing wrong with you there's no problem there's it's not that you're wired differently I mean we're all wired slightly differently but it's not it 's not necessarily a problem or a thing that needs to be fixed it's it's a beautiful place to begin exploration from and to learn about all kinds of different pleasure instead of um, you know this one particular type of tension based pleasure that our culture seems to be so obsessed with
0: yeah and i love you I love how you said that once that person realized it was possible then it was it became possible for her I think if if you don't think something's possible you're also not going to give that part of your body the care and attention that it needs because you'll be like what's the point I can't have a nipple orgasm they don't exist so yeah yeah once you know that it's possible maybe you you know you spend a bit more time on that area exactly
1: yeah and you know it's like I have a friend in in Denmark um, in school in Denmark they actually taught them in sex education that only 10% of women can have internal orgasm. So she was like, okay, well, there's basically hardly any chance that I'm going to be in that 10%, so there's no point even trying. You yeah. know? And then when she started learning about different explorations of sexuality and she realised that, wow, this, this isn't actually true what they taught us, and then you know, she just practised a bit and explored in different ways and she was able to experience a lot of internal pleasure.
0: Yeah, right. All right, listeners, throw away everything you know and start over. (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole new world in there. No pressure. (laughs) Yeah, no pressure. Take your time. All right, question. Uh, A lot of my clients, women with small children, Uh, they don't have time for three hours of anything. They'll probably get interrupted. Uh, Do you have like a, a shorter version? Like if they only had a small amount of time, what should they do?
1: totally so a lot of my clients and others as well and this is something that comes up a lot i think um it's finding little pockets in your day so the whole idea of self-care we can really think that it means we need to go to the spa for a day or we need to take an hour to give ourselves a massage or we all we need to receive a massage. or it's like this it can really get into this pattern of this um Needing whole long hours of time, okay. Like I want to explore tantric sex with my partner. That's going to take hours every night. That's not possible because I need to go to bed at eight o'clock because I'm exhausted and you know all of that. So I'm I'm really interested in kind of hacking this so that we can (laughs) make it easier. And it it doesn't need to take time. I think that's the the most important thing. And um, I have another wonderful teacher, Steve James, who says that um, the 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 best practice is the practice that you do. You know, it's, it's even if it's just five minutes just coming, if you can manage five minutes a day, if you can, you know, lie in bed in the morning, maybe one of your kids is next to you, doesn't matter because it's not necessarily sexual. You could just have your hand on your vagina and be breathing and touching this part of you and going, hey, how are you doing today? You know, and part of you might like it. Might be like I'm really pissed, actually, or I'm feeling really lonely and rejected, or like I want cock right now, you know, (laughs) whatever. But really, starting to create a relationship with this part of your body and listen to this part of your body. So touch is great, cupping is great. Just gently wiggling your pelvis while you're sitting down, you know, eating or talking to someone. Um, external touch. Definitely if you can find an hour, you know, or even half an hour once a week using a wand internally, there's a lot you can explore. You can really get a sense of the, the whole area of the pelvic space. It's quite fascinating. Um, but just you know, weaving it into your life as much as possible. And, you know, like if you're in a relationship, um, exploring different things when you're being intimate and saying like, hey, how do you feel about going a bit slower? Or how about we just just do foreplay but we don't have penetration tonight? And what if you touch my vagina just with your fingers today? And, you know, like and you could maybe guide your partner and say like, could you just touch this area or or I really want to explore my G spot. You could guide them to, um, you know, touch that area and you could guide them to go slower or faster according to what feels right for you and that kind of thing, you know, so you can just weave it into what you're already doing.
0: Yeah. Talk to me about this mythical unicorn G spot, right? We all know it's there. We, We know where it is, most of us yeah is it the be all and end all no (laughs) short answer no (laughs) um
1: but so the g-spot so there's a couple of misconceptions about the g-spot so the first one is about location so we have this idea that it's this place really deep inside the vagina that we need to find the truth is that it starts from the outside of the vagina so i can tell you right now how to access it it's really easy so if you find the urethra and this, obviously, you know, you can listen to this or, or do it again when you're naked.
0: If, if you're driving while listening to this, yeah. or if you're on public transport, put it to one side. This is yeah. not
1: the moment, but you'll remember this because it's not complicated. So... Um, you slide your finger down between your – so just under your clitoris and you go slowly down in the middle between your inner labia and you'll come to the urethra, which is where we pee from. And if you press gently there, it's going to feel a bit weird and it'll feel like a tiny little sphincter. And you'll, you'll really know, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's definitely the urethra. Then if you really gently slide your finger down just under the urethra, you'll feel an area, which is basically the upper wall of the vagina, that feels, um, it's like a kind of ridged texture. You know, it's not smooth like the side walls. It's kind of ridged. And if your vagina is okay with it, you could really gently slide that finger inside a little bit and you could feel what we call gutters on the side so the left and the right they they kind of go up and then they turn into the side walls but the whole upper wall is is ridged so the whole area that's ridged it will start from the urethra and it will go right around to the back of the pubic bone so it's probably around maybe two centimeters by five centimeters the whole space of the g-spots roughly and um it's that whole area can be pleasurable, so it's not—it's not like you know you have to find the spot really deep inside and that's the magic spot. It's—it's it's all of it, and the G-spot is quite long, so it's not that one little area. But um, the other myth with the G-spot is that you're going to touch it and it's going to magically feel good, and so a lot of women. <laughs> explore that area and then they go well i didn't feel anything or um it feels just really weird and uncomfortable and when i touch it i feel like i need to pee and i told my partner not to touch it anymore because it feels annoying you know so it's it's like kind of in our culture we we often um, we're so used to these quick fixes you know we just want everything like now instant gratification and the thing with the vagina is it doesn't work like that so if your g-spot has been um touched without um care if it's been touched in a way that's disrespectful if it's been kind of pounded on from different kinds of sex over the years if if it just hasn't been touched at all um if there's sexual trauma that you have for, in any um, area all of that will impact how we feel sensation there yeah so kind of like we can imagine it as if our vagina is sleeping For most of us, that's how it is. It's like it's kind of asleep. Maybe some places will be more awake than other places. And we can choose if we want. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to wake up your vagina and to bring sensitivity and pleasure to those areas. So for someone who doesn't feel much at the G-spot, I would say get a wand or use your fingers or get a partner to use their fingers and just really gently massage it. Just give it lots of attention over a period of time. You know, it could even be just 10 minutes a day. It doesn't need to be long or, or you know, 10 minutes, three times a week. But over time, it will feel pleasure. You know, there, there is a lot of pleasure that is available to all of us in that area if we give it attention. It's kind of like, um, you know, like if we would say, okay, 90% of people can't ride a bicycle. You know that's so they just can 't it's there 's no point them even trying because it 's not possible <laughs> we wouldn't say that right because because riding a bicycle is a skill that can be learned, and if we have a basic sense of balance and we have legs and you know we, we kind of have a functional body, then we can do that it 's exactly the same as. With orgasm, with different kinds of internal pleasure, it's kind of a skill that can be learned. It's not something that's magically supposed to happen. We're not magically supposed to be, like, we don't come out of the womb as, like, completely awakened sex goddesses, you know? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, like, I've been doing this stuff for years, and I, you know, I notice, like, if I'm, because I obviously I focus on other people's vaginas a lot more than my own a lot of the time, and, you know, and I can notice that um, if I start, you know touching certain areas I can go whoa there's actually quite a lot of tension here like I, I need to do that practice as well and you know that tension can build up so we release it a little bit but then if our lifestyle is quite stressy or we're not doing exercise that's relaxing or you know we're kind of um, building up even more tension then we we need to continue to release it so It it doesn't magically feel good and there's nothing wrong with you if it doesn't magically feel good. But it can feel good if you focus on it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love that. I love that. So come on, women, there's nothing wrong with your bodies. If you've tried before and felt like you've failed, I think it's time to go and give it another crack. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Question. (laughs) I run a program for adrenal fatigue and burnout. So I have a lot of exhausted women on my books. Mm. So many of them and so many listeners of this podcast are women who are so tired that their sex drive has like officially left the building. It shows no signs of returning and it's possible they're even listening to this going, I'm not giving this any time. I've got other shit to do. I can't wake it up. I'm too tired. I'm too stressed. I don't want sex. I don't even care about sex, right? They're still listening to this podcast, right? (laughs) (laughs) So There's a little piece of them that's still curious. How can they get that libido back?
1: Well, you know, there's, libido has a lot of pieces. So, I'm I'm not going to mention any of the health related pieces because that's your jam, and there's there's a whole lot of you know obviously like diet and general exercise and stress levels and all of that is a big oh, part and of it. Hormones, definitely. And ho- yeah, hormones, exactly. Yeah, yeah. all of that. Um, but outside of that, some stuff that that I specialize in. So. A big one, like first of all, right, it's a relationship. Like if you're in a relationship and you don't feel like sex, sometimes what you need to look at is your relationship. So sometimes you're maybe in an unhealthy pattern with your partner. Sometimes you're not attracted to your partner for some reason and that's something you can work on together. Sometimes maybe you both need to go and learn some skills that you can bring back to your relationship. Sometimes you're... um, Maybe you've just been parenting for quite a few years and you've had a lot going on and you just haven't been able to prioritise your relationship. So, you know, looking at ways in which the the relationship could be something to explore Um, because we're not, you know, we don't just magically feel like sex with just whoever's next to us, right? Like we need to feel that we want to have sex with that person and you know, right now, even though today we spent an hour fighting about who didn't do the thing and then we cleaned up all that shit and then they were super stressed <laughs> about what like, you know, we it's not, there's nothing wrong with you if you don't magically feel like having sex with someone that you're in a kind of domestic partnership with. You know, it's, we need to find, find ways to have date nights to ask for what we need, to find out what the other person wants and give that to them, to you know, to to have something to bring to each other. Um, Outside of relationship, I would say looking at um, sexual shame and trauma and really addressing that um, either with therapy or with your own kind of um, embodiment practice or practice of kind of, you know, touching your body and telling yourself, like, it's okay to <laughs> it's okay to love my body and it's okay to feel sexual and sexuality is natural and you know all of that just finding ways to kind of re-pattern that um sexual shame is, is such a big one you no? Know? and then the stuff that I work with more directly so finding ways to bring pleasure into your daily life so like for example um when you go to the beach if you go to the beach you can really feel the sand between your toes or next time you eat a piece of delicious fruit like really take a moment to breathe and savor the taste of the fruit or when you are next looking at something beautiful which usually happens many times a day um if we really train ourselves to see beauty whether it's a nice color or a piece of beautiful fabric you can touch or just a, a great tree that's just like wow you know like really allowing ourselves to see that beauty and to drink it in so finding ways to tap into pleasure in our daily life so if you're say you're driving and you're super stressed you can just like put one hand on your body and just start you know gently touching yourself it's not not in a sexual way it's just you're just sensitizing you're just touching your skin and just giving your body some loving attention and there's been some new research that came out um, that says that we've got on our skin, we actually have these nerve endings that are that only respond to slow sensual touch. Ah, that's like awesome. special, special nerve endings that only that are made only for that. Like our bodies are designed to receive <laughs> slow, soft, gentle touch. And If we give ourselves that, it kind of, you know, we feel more connected to our bodies because if you feel, say if you've had a really rough day, you've got kids, you're super busy, you're stressed, you're doing some kind of work as well, Um, you know, there's a lot going on, you're running around. It's so far away to get from that place to like, I want to have sex with my partner They're like like on different planets. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like you, you need to build a spaceship and you need to go into space and you need to like, you know, do other things along the way to be able to get to that place where you can have sex. But the good news is that doing that stuff along the way will make everything else you're doing a lot more pleasurable and fun and inspiring. So letting go of that story that I'm alone and I have to do everything myself or I'm I'm not supported or I'm, you know, like everything is on me and I need to do all the shit and I have to keep it together. It's like, yes, I need to do all the shit. Yes. There's a lot of stuff I have to do, but I can do it in a way that feels good also. And whether that's taking a deep breath occasionally, or like I said, touching yourself in the car or, you know, pausing to, to taste something or, you know, like enjoying eye contact with your partner or witnessing your kids smiling. Like there's so many ways that we can derive pleasure from our daily life. And the more we can do that, the more inspired we feel towards sexual pleasure. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, I love it. Baby steps and mindfulness is what I wrote down then.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Totally, yeah, and, and just like exploring your pelvis, like moving like- t- starting to touch another area like inside your hip bones and on the pubic bone and the top of the thighs, like just just touching and and massaging and and giving that area some attention through touch, but also through movement, like hip circles and hip opening, maybe stretchy stuff, or like shaking your pelvis, there's so many ways you can just move this part of your body to feel juicy and alive and connected to it. And then that will create a little bit more drive to, you know, have things inside of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. Bonnie, I'm so glad that the universe conspired to throw us together so that we met each other. Um, This has gone way over time. So I really, really thank you for, the time that you've spent today and and the passion that you put into your work oh my goodness yeah so uh can you please tell everybody out there how they can find you and connect with you because I'm sure there's some people who want to head to your website and get in touch
1: sure so um thank you so much for having me it's been amazing by the way um this is all my favorite stuff to talk about so I'm like yes (laughs) (laughs) So I just made a new website recently, which I'm so excited about, and it is um, bonniebliss.co. So Bonnie is B-O-N-N-I-E, bliss.co. And um, about Yoni Mapping Therapy, that, which is the modality that I have practitioners who offer sessions in, um, that is therapy.com. And then I'm also involved with the sex education program for adults that we offer all over Australia, whole day events for both men and women and a couples retreat. And that one is theyoniverse.com, but that's also linked through my website um, yeah so there's three different websites
0: awesome I'll make sure that I put all the links in the show notes and also you're on Instagram and Instagram Facebook. and Facebook yep all the places yep I'll put that in the show notes as well Awesome. All right. I've got a to-do list of all the different orgasms now. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) I'm off. See you later. Uh, Have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. I really appreciate it, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. I hope you've enjoyed this three-part series. It's been a lot of fun making it, and I really hope it's pushed your boundaries and given you some food for thought in terms of discovering what's out there for us to learn and experience. And if it's helped your sex life, well, you're welcome. If you liked this episode, then make this a fortnightly ritual. Hit subscribe, and every two weeks we can hang out. It'll be fun, and you never know what juicy health topics we will be chatting about next. If you'd like to see more about what I do, head to my website at julesgalloway.com. When I'm not talking about all things vaginas and relationships, I'm actually a naturopath working with tired and worn-out women, adrenal fatigue, pyrrole disorder, autoimmunity, and complex cases. There's a free gift on my website to help you gain more energy and heal those pesky adrenals. So head over to julesgalloway.com now and grab that if you could use some simple pointers. I also have a 12-week program for adrenal fatigue, so if you're tired, worn out, and you need some guidance in order to feel happy, healthy, and vibrant again, then head to my website, go to the drop-down menu where it says Work With Me, and book in for your free discovery call. Yep, they're totally free, and you'll walk away with simple, actionable steps to heal your body and reclaim your energy. It's all there waiting for you at julesgalloway.com. So head on over, book in for your call and we'll be chatting soon about how to create a brighter, healthier, more energised you. Okay, that's all from me for the time being. See you in a fortnight. Stay shiny and bye for now. This year, the Wellness Summit returns.
1: For those of you on your own health journey, you know that a lot of times it's two steps forward, one step back and you think you're doing well and then something else pops up. It's like... Um, always you're always learning it's just a it's not something that just happens overnight and suddenly you're well
0: if I actually had been so wrong about this really important thing in my life what else was I wrong about and it got me down this uh, this place of questioning all the concepts that I had and then I came to
1: one question which was who am I beyond concept when I was a little kid I really always had trouble with food intolerances I realized that there was a lot to be said for the way you eat.
0: You come to the same place that I came to and it's a place of complete freedom. Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab feature at the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. Tickets on sale Friday May 4 at thewellnesssummit.com